And this is Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You podcast, where you can learn everything you need to know about dating relationships, men, sex, etc. from a man's point of view. Someone bitched me out on social media the other day. Um, the gist of her complaint uh, was that I give advice uh, that on my blog that is too simplistic, and therefore I'm not qualified to do this because I'm not a a trained therapist with uh, letters after my name. Now, I won't get into the back and forth on this, but I will concede one point. I intentionally try to take complex ideas and make them simple and digestible, especially if I'm writing a thousand word blog, blog post or say a, a two line meme that's supposed to be shared on Facebook. There's really only so much information that can be conveyed um, and somehow misinterpreted. So understand that, of course, there are, there are you know, uh, doctors who could write a 400-page tome on attachment theory. Um, I'm not going to be able to cover that in a thousand-word blog, blog post or a one-line meme. Um, and so I'm, I'm comfortable with that level of, of criticism. Uh, I don't like to think that I'm not helping people because I'm not a doctor. Um, but I understand why doctors might take offense to something that is a little bit more simplistic. Um, but the reason I started the Love You podcast is to be able to go deeper on certain issues than I could in the space of a Facebook post or a blog post. And so this week I want to talk about a client of mine named Carmen, or Carmen is what we're going to call her because she's a real person who probably does not want to be identified here. She's in her 60s. She's Asian. She's smart and she's warm and she's highly insecure. Uh, she had a bad marriage. She don't think she had the most successful upbringing. She's had bad subsequent relationships. And therefore, even though uh, certainly on, on paper, she looks good for her age and she's successful and she's undoubtedly a nice person, she has low self-confidence in the arena of dating and relationships. And that's nothing unusual. Most of my clients are uh, people who are amazing catches, who have had a lifetime of bad decisions, erode their confidence in dating relationships, men and themselves. So Carmen signs up for Love You Masters Coaching. Um, and when you're a Love You Masters client, those are my, my private clients. I only work with five to 10 people at once and I give them everything. It's like a total immersion. I'll give you all my products. I'll give you weekly videos. I'll give you uh, weekly exercises. I'll write your online dating profile. I'll pay for your photos. Uh, we'll do bi-weekly uh, private coaching calls that are recorded and emailed to you upon request. It's a lot, a lot of stuff. And um, one month into working together, I noticed that Carmen is stalling. I mean, I can't think of any other word for it. Um, She's hesitating to put up her online dating profile. She, uh, you know, I, I notice after a couple weeks that, and she, she confesses to me in an email that she doesn't, she's hasn't been going on every day. And so far she doesn't like any of the guys that wrote to her. She claims that none of the men are exciting to her. And, and again, I'm not throwing her under the bus. You probably had a very similar experience with online dating hesitant to go online, frustrated with the process, disappointed with the quality of the guys coming in. This is, none of this is new information, but she's a private client who 
is supposed to have drank the Kool-Aid to be on board with the process, and she's really kind of dragging her feet. Um, so we log in, and I see that there's 70 emails, right, that are sitting in the trash, and she's got an empty inbox. Basically, she's, she's, you know, she's been on for a few weeks, and she's trashed every single person who's written to her. And so I asked her, I said, so what's going on here? Because, you know, you, you're investing a good amount of money to get different results and you're entitled to your feelings, but it's hard to date if, if uh, you don't want to get online regularly and you don't like any single person that you're, you're in a, who is initiating contact with you. So that, again, I'm, you know, we should all have standards. No one's going to settle. I'm certainly not pressuring anybody to settle, but, but certainly she raised the bar so high that nobody was even qualified to exchange emails with her, much less talk on the phone much less meet in person, much less kiss, much less make love, much less become exclusive, much less get married. No one has gotten anywhere down that path because she's thrown everybody in the trash. So it seemed to me that Carmen was intentionally choosing herself out of her own options. And I looked at one email exchange um, that she had and it started off really boring. Um, I teach something called the 222 rule, moving men from the dating site to regular email to the phone to the real life date. And um, Carmen was trying to use my 222 technique um, following loose templates that I give to women, but there was no warmth, right? Like she was technically following the steps, but it would be like dancing really rigidly, like technically you're dancing, but if you don't look like you're dancing, then you're, you know, it, it doesn't even appear to be dancing. So despite the fact that Carmen is giving this guy nothing, um, he writes a really long, thoughtful email trying to engage her in conversation. She barely carries her into the conversation. And then she complains to me on the phone that the guy was boring. And I see this all the time. I'm, I'm not defending guys. I, I did a whole TED talk about how terrible guys are at online dating. So, But the, the guy is bad at online dating. And the woman, my client, is usually blaming the guy, even though she's doing the exact same thing, right? He writes one line, she writes one line. He says nothing stimulating, she says nothing stimulating, but she blames him for not being a better conversationalist without recognizing that the only thing she can control is how she responds to him, not what he gives her initially. So we dig deeper, and as Carmen thinks about it, she realizes that her ambivalence to this whole process, right, and this is, this is her, her realization on the phone, this isn't my observation, is that this is her subconscious way of protecting herself. Maybe you've experienced something like that, and a subconscious way that you protect yourself. If she finds reasons to disqualify men from the get-go, right, if nobody's qualified for even a first date, then guess what? No one's going to break her heart. No one's going to uh, verbally abuse her. No one's going to abandon her after two years. So she, she's finding reasons to not like anybody to protect herself from what she feels in 60 plus years is the inevitable outcome. Um, but again, when you disqualify someone from the get-go, if you disqualify everybody from your inbox, then there's no one to talk on the phone with. And if there's no one to talk on the phone with, there's no one to go on a first date. And that's sort of downstream. You're left with no love life whatsoever all as a protective mechanism from, from pain. So I have to ask you, have you ever told yourself that online dating sucks, all men are bad, dating itself is a waste of time, relationships are terrible, most people you know are unhappily married? Right? Have you ever sort of 
focused on that story about everything being so bleak that it's not even worth it. Um, and in turn, throwing yourself into work or travel or hobbies or friends or the gym or your nieces and nephews. Right? Anything other than facing what's right in front of you. You want to fall in love, but you're afraid of getting hurt. So my observation is that you probably, if you are leading a ritual single life like most of my smart, strong, successful clients, you have confidence in yourself in, as a human being, but you don't have confidence that things will work out with men because things have never worked out with men. So uh, we're going to change that. Uh, just because this is the way things have been in the past does not mean your past has to determine your future. And um, if I've described you, if telling Carmen's story describes you in any way, I really want you to pay attention to what we're going to do in the second half of this podcast, where I'm going to tell you how to reframe your negativity, carry yourself with confidence, and uh, date in a way that is going to be effective, fun, and lead you to successful uh, relationships. Um, Ultimately, you need to understand that the only way you guarantee that you will never find love is to give up entirely. And that's not an option when you're working with me or when you're listening to me. So we're going to push through. We're going to get you to the other side of this. And we're going to show you how to date with confidence, even when you don't have confidence. We'll be right back. This is Evan Mark Katz with the Love You Podcast. Welcome back to the Love You Podcast with Evan Mark Katz. Here you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating relationships, men and sex from a man's point of view. And right now we're talking about how to date with confidence, even when you're not really feeling confident. Um, it's obvious that you can go on semi-permanent hiatus. Many people do. They'll, uh, they'll get their heart broken. They'll be disappointed by the latest disappearing ghosting guy. Um, and they'll say, you know what, I'm just going to take some time to be by myself. And the next thing you know, a year goes by, two years go by. I've had clients who haven't dated in no joke, 20 years. Um, and I don't think it has to be that way. That's an extreme form of protecting yourself from pain. So I could acknowledge that, that everybody needs a breather, right? After, after a particularly devastating breakup, but that ultimately taking a long breather uh, is not the answer no more than, you know, giving up on working out when you strained a muscle and you just give up on working out forever. That's not going to help keep you in shape. So when you stay out of the game too long, you end up essentially atrophying or calcifying. You, you, you don't work those muscles about how to engage and to flirt and to be a partner and to interact with the opposite sex. Um, and so anything you do, you're going to get better at it the more you do it. Um, and it's all under the guise of I'm happier being alone than being in a devastating relationship. The thing is that you end up making a false choice. Your two choices aren't being alone and being in a crappy relationship. There's a third choice, right? And it's better than the other two, being in a crappy relationship and being alone. It's being in a happy relationship, right? Being in a happy relationship is better than being alone, right? If I could snap snap my fingers. If you could snap your fingers right now and, and make yourself in love, you'd snap your fingers right now if it was truly that easy. So this concept is the very premise of my most recent book. Uh, it's called Believe in Love, 
Seven steps to letting go of your past, embracing the present and dating with confidence. Um, I'm not trying to sell you the book today. Um, what I want to do is, is just read to you what the seven steps are in Believe in Love. Um, so you can get a sense of what I'm talking about, what you can do and how you can find your confidence uh, when it's been missing for so long uh, in this very sensitive arena. And seven steps are in, uh, in chronological order. Let go of the past, set realistic expectations, overcome negativity, defeat your fear of failure, reframe your beliefs, carry yourself with confidence, and take action now. So I'm not going to spend too much time on any of these things because this is a, a, you know, a 10 minute segment. Um, but letting go of the past, of course, means not letting your past dictate your future. Right? Just because you dated a bunch of cheaters doesn't mean the next guy is a cheater. Right? Only, you know, they, they say that only 25% of all men cheat. So if you're used to dating cheaters, you've been looking in the 25% and haven't been exploring the 75%. Um, the past, your, the last boyfriend has nothing to do with the next one. They're completely independent rolls of the dice. Set realistic expectations. Realistic expectations in these terms are... What can I, what, what's realistic to expect to happen when I start dating? Because if you think, oh, I'm just going to get on Tinder and I'm going to swipe right twice and one of those guys is going to be my husband, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. I mean, that would be like, I'm just going to graduate high school and I'm going to get a job that pays me a half million dollars a year. Well, that's really nice to think you're going to do that, but that's generally not how job hunting works, right? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a process and dating is a, it's a process. There's a lot of trial and error, and most of it's going to be error. So going into dating with a realistic set of expectations where you could learn from each experience, but if you go on one date a week for, you know, a half a year, I predict you're going to find yourself a boyfriend. And quite realistically, you go on 30 dates, you're going to find someone who you like, likes you, is emotionally available, wants to take you off the market. If you don't, if you think going on one date a week is too much, then... It might not happen for you because you're you're thinking, oh, I could just go online, write to one guy. If I write to one guy and he doesn't write back, it's devastating. I'm going to quit. All right. So there's a mindset for success, and it's a growth mindset. And, and, and having realistic expectations is important, lest you be surprised or disappointed by what everybody goes through when dating. Remember, 300 dates before I, I found my wife. Uh, I, I try to practice what I preach. Overcome negativity. Right? That's what we are talking about earlier, the belief that everything is doomed to fail, that online dating is bad and that men are bad and they're, they're different and you can't trust them and they're all about sex and they're going to oh, you know, throw you out for a younger woman. And these are all negative beliefs that have a, a, a basis in truth, right? Any, any of those things are partially true, but they're, they're just never always true. So we can't live in that black, black and white world that just because, hypothetically, I've had this with enough clients, just because, you know, you know, your husband left you for a younger woman does not mean that every man leaves his wife for a younger woman. Right? Just because you've had um, re relationships that were high in passion and high in friction where you did a lot of fighting doesn't mean your next relationship has to involve a lot of fighting. Right? You cannot think of the world in those glass half empty terms. Uh, and then similar to the next section, defeat your fear of failure. Right? Um, and there's, a, uh, there's a great quote. The greatest risk is the one not taken, right? If you stand on the sidelines because you're afraid that it's going to go wrong, either you're going to get rejected by someone or lots of people, 
or you're going to put in six months and you're going to have nothing to show for it. Right? That fear of rejection is going to hold you back from your greatest success. Right? You can't become a lawyer if you don't go to law school. You can't become an Olympic swimmer if you refuse to go in the pool and get wet. And it's really, really hard to get happily married if you don't put yourself out there to date. Right? It's a risk-reward continuum. And if you, if you uh, don't assume any risk, because you will not assume that risk, you will never get to the end destination, which is having someone who, whose happiness rests on making you happy. That's what it's like in a, in a great relationship, where you have two people who are so intertwined that they live for each other and they live to make each other happy. It's a, it, it's a, it's a very realistic outcome, but most people don't get there because they're afraid. Carry yourself with confidence. Um, once again, this is a concept that's hard to teach. Um, you can't just take a pill to be confident. I think uh, uh, all the people who've done, done, mentioned the, the concept of uh, a fake it till you make it, they're largely on to something. My belief is that confidence breeds success. Success breeds confidence, right? So you get some experience, you get better at something. What happens when you get better at something? You start to get confident at it. What happens when you're confident? You have success. People respond to you differently when you like yourself, when you like dating, when you like men, when you see the best in things. Right? We all like to be around people like that. Imagine you went out with a guy who hated women, hated dating. You have. You don't have to imagine it. You have. Hated women, hated da dating, hated his ex-wife, hated his job, just thought everything was, was doomed to shit. How much time do you want to spend with that guy right? who really doesn't believe in himself, doesn't believe in the world, just doesn't believe in his own product? How is he going to sell you on why you should partner up with him or sleep with him if he doesn't have the confidence to think that life is worth living, love is possible, right? and there's joy to be taken out of every interaction? We all respond to positive people. and I know it's not easy to put on that positive hat, but what happens is you put on that positive hat right? the best you can. You put yourself out there, you make that connection, people respond to you more when you're positive. If I believe in any form of the law of attraction, that's really all it is. I don't believe the universe is listening to you. I believe that if you think positive and you put positive vibes out into the world, people directly respond to you. People want to work with people who are positive. People want to date people who are positive. So the last step in Believe in Love is called Take Action Now. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Don't just read a blog post. Don't just watch a video or listen to a podcast. Do something differently than you've done before. Take action. Get, go to East Cyrano, get your profile rewritten. Um, go sign up for a meetup. Go uh, put out on Facebook that you're looking to be set up with someone. Really go put yourself out there and take a chance um, because the status quo, if you're not satisfied with the status quo, needs to be shaken up. You have to do something different to get different results. So that's a really quick overview of something that's 250 pages long with a six-hour audio and a 65-page workbook. Now, how does this apply to Carmen from the first half of this podcast? Now, Carmen comes from a culture where women are second-class citizens. I think she was born in China. She normalized this in her relationships. Well, this is just the way things are. My, 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 my man is the dominant force here, and I have to be careful not to speak my mind. And so she got used to and internalized the idea of being treated like a doormat. She thought that this is what love looked like. Right? You have to sit silently when your needs are not being met. And so as a result, that's normal to her, 
and she's never valued what it looks like when a guy is consistent and kind. Right? That, that doesn't look like love to her. For, for her, love is an activated attachment style, right? an anxious attachment style. It's when she's really agitated and nervous and doesn't know where she stands. She thinks that's sim symbolic of love. She gets turned on by excitement. So when she was complaining, none of these guys in Match.com who are writing to me excite me. I said excitement is not a great predictor of your previous relationships, right? All the guys in the past excited you and here you are right now. So imagine my surprise, and I swear to God this happened. She wrote me an email while I was preparing for this podcast. On Saturday, I met Eric, who you scolded me for not responding to him nicely last week. This is the guy I talked about earlier. He used to work for the government and he's now retired. He looks in good shape and was very attentive. We made an emotional connection. He invited me to go sailing with him the next day, which was Valentine's Day. He was social and liked by his friends and we had a good time together. He emailed me that he wants to be the lucky dog and wants to make me happy. I felt valued and respected, which I did not have in my past relationships. I love that. Now, you can't always fake confidence. You can't pretend like your past isn't the past and that you haven't dealt with a whole bunch of disappointment and failure. But you can recognize when you're sabotaging your own dating efforts like Carmen was, right? Carmen was trashing every single guy until I made her dig into her trash and write back a warm, enthusiastic, lengthy email to the guy. And she generated a response. Again, this is literally the first guy she's talked to is already talking about how bad he wants to win her over, all because she chose to look at the glass half full instead of half empty and give a stranger a chance instead of assuming all relationships were going to be like her previous relationships. And I believe Carmen is 64. So you can make different choices with men and you can value guys who are consistent, kind, and enthusiastic about you instead of thinking that relationships are sitting by the phone waiting for a text from a guy who's making no effort for you whatsoever. Uh, not all men are selfish. Not all men are out to use you. All of those things that you might believe are simply not totally true. And you have to choose different guys to get different kind of results. They exist, they're out there, but they may not excite you right? the way that uh, Carmen seems to think she needed excitement, excitement being unpredictable. You need a guy who's predictable because he calls you every day and wants to be with you and nobody but you. Predictable is a good quality in a boyfriend. So you can't fall in love until you believe in love. And if you really want that, please go to Evan Mark Katz, go to the products page, click on Believe in Love, read more. I'd love to hear what you have to say about it and how it impacts your life. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining me on the Love You podcast. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Next episode, I'm going to talk about the difference between uh, having needs and being needy. Right, that's an that's a interesting topic of conversation. I want to kind of go down the rabbit hole and see where it leads us. So thank you so much for your time. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Uh, follow me on Facebook and Twitter. And go to www.evanmarkkatz. Give me your name and email address, and I will send you free dating and relationship advice forever. Thanks so much. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will see you next week. Thank you.